Pastor Terry spoke for six weeks about the vi a new vision for a new year. And we used the example in John 9 of the man who gained his sight to sort of speak about what is it God wants to give us a vision for this year. And uh, if, you were, if you were here and you were part of that, there was um, a process that went on in this blind man's life. First of all, um, he was just blind and Jesus passed by. And he didn't probably even know Jesus was there, but Jesus came closer than he had been before. Jesus had been distant and now he passes by. The next phase, Jesus actually touched him. He rubbed some mud on his eyes, told him to go wash it off. He did that um, and uh, he gained sight. So now Jesus has actually touched his lives and changed him. And he began to see, naturally, he, he began to see in the physical. He had his vision back. Then we saw that this produced, instead of um, uh, a great... Um, joyous, happy celebration. It produced a lot of division. And the poor guy who probably just wants to go, look, I can see, is stuck in the middle of this argument about who Jesus is. Some people are saying, well, that, he healed you on the wrong day. And he, he, shouldn't have, he shouldn't have done it the way he did it. And he ends up having to defend Jesus. And so this is another stage in his journey. He's gone from Jesus just passing by to Jesus touching him to a miracle happening in his life to now saying, well, look, all I know is I was blind and now I see something's going on. I think this guy's from God. And he begins to defend him. And as that thing gets worked out and the argument, this confrontation is taking place, finally, at the end of it, Jesus comes to him face to face, asks him the question, do you believe in the Son of God? And he says, who, who is it? He says, you're looking at him. Well, then I believe. And so we have this journey, this process of faith that happened. For six weeks, we looked at this, a new vision for a new year. And we looked at the fact that not just his natural vision was enlightened, but his spiritual vision was enlightened. He became aware of who Jesus was, and then he believed and he followed. Okay? That's where I want to pick up the story. That's where we left off last week at the end of chapter, chapter 9. And I want to pick up in chapter 10 here. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they still didn't understand what he was saying to them. And Jesus said to them, look, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Whoever came before me, they're thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he, she will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, destroy. I came to bring life and that life more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. 
there's a, there's a lot in that passage and we could spend a long time just talking about certain aspects of it like he is the good shepherd or he is the door or what a good shepherd looks like. The analogy, the parable that's taking place here is very common to the people of that day. Now, we don't, I don't think there's any sheepfolds in San Francisco. Um, but in that day and age, they were all over the place. They could look around as he's talking about this and see them. And there would have been, they would have been these sort of stone walls that encompassed a flock. And they would have had a narrow opening for the sheep to come in and out. And the door of that opening was the shepherd himself. Once all the sheep were in, the shepherd slept in the doorway. And nobody got out, nobody came in, except over the shepherd's body. And so we see this, this picture of Jesus being the shepherd who takes care of his sheep, guards the door, protects them, who uh, is unlike the bad shepherds who run away as soon as the wolf comes, he will be there and he will protect you. We see the fact that he's a door. And there's a lot of things where, there's a lot of places we could go in chapter 10, but since we've been in nine, and this is really actually a continuation of chapter nine, there's a few things I thought about. I mean, first of all, this is not the, chapter nine to chapter 10 is not a, a break in time. The same conversation that he is having with the blind man and the leaders of the day who are confronting him is, going, is taking place when he gives this parable. So he's talking to people who were saying, you know what, he's out. He said he's following you, we don't believe you, he's out. And Jesus is saying, no, he's in. Let me give you a picture of where he's in. He's now in my sheepfold where he's safe and he's protected. And so there's this, this uh, conversation that's happening throughout and it moves into this parable. Here's the things that I wanted to bring out of chapter 10 that I thought were very applicable to where we've been in chapter nine and talking about this new vision for a new year. Uh, firstly, it came to my mind that, that it's a process. Following Jesus is really a process of going from seeing to hearing. We have to learn how to hear. And we talked about the, the blind man and the process of his gaining sight and then getting closer to Jesus, understanding a little better, a little more revelation, a little more understanding, God revealing himself to the point he finally says, I believe. Now that is just the beginning of his journey. And what Jesus is doing here in chapter 10, he's not just confronting the people who are, 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 are um, saying he's wrong. He's telling the blind man, look, you've got sight. You believe. Now you need to learn how to hear. I mean, look at chapter, uh, verse 3 and verse 4. The sheep hear my voice. And when I call them, I call them by name and I lead them out. And I, I bring out my own sheep and I go before them. I lead the way. I protect them. And they follow me. Why? Because they know my voice. They have learned to hear me. And part of what he's saying, part of what Jesus is saying to this man is, look, this is just the beginning. You've entered through the door. You've begun the process. Here you are in the sheepfold. But you're going to have to learn how to discern my voice because I'm going to be leading you in and out. We're going places, sometimes to pastures, sometimes down a rocky road. 
But if you stay behind me, I'll lead the way. You'll be safe. I'm the good shepherd. I came to bring you life and life more abundantly, but you need to hear my voice and follow. Look, there's a lot of voices out there, many different gates. And I, I know it's, it, it's sometimes it's hard to discern the voice of the Lord because there is a cacophony of sound going around us. And cacophony just really means bad sound. If you take the, the Greek morphology of it, it means bad sounds. There is a cacophony out there. It shouts at us from every angle, come this way, go that way. This is the correct way. That's the correct way. How do you hear? How do you know what it is? What is Jesus saying to us? I remember when I first came through the door like 14 years ago now, I knew nothing. I, I was like the blind man who Jesus just passed by. I, I didn't see him. I didn't know him. I didn't believe in him. But I knew that he was moving me in a direction. It was a process to get to the point where I believed. Once I believed, I'm going, now what? I don't know what. I've never owned a Bible in my life. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know how to pray. I don't know any of this stuff. And I remember distinctly how strange I felt. And I could connect with this, this man who, who now has sight. It's like, what now what? Now what? How do I hear? I mean, only Mother Teresa hears God, right? I, <laughs> how am I supposed to hear God? And there's been so much wrong done in the name of God told me to that it's a little scary to think that we can actually discern the voice of God. But Jesus is saying, not only are, can you, you're supposed to know my voice from all the other voices. It's a process of learning which one's mine, discerning it. How do you have to, listen, it takes time. It's a journey. My, when my, my son or my, my daughter was born, born their cry sounded like any other cry. Now, in a room full of crying babies, I can pick mine out. And I do, often. Um, but you know the voice because you've learned it. And that's this, Jesus is saying that's the same thing that happens here. How do we hear God? How, how can I learn to tune my ear to the frequency of Jesus? It's not easy, it takes time, it takes, it takes effort. I remember um, in my journey, the, one of the first things I did was I, I felt like I needed to get a Bible. And um, I didn't own a Bible, so I went and got one, and it was the wrong one. It was a crazy version that, like, you know, Cambridge, Vulgate, Latin, Targamic, I, you know, and, and so you couldn't, I couldn't read it. I couldn't, couldn't understand it. I knew I needed a Bible, but I didn't even know which version to get. Maybe some of us are, are like that. And so I finally I got involved with some uh, small groups and other people, and, and they showed me <clears throat> which version to get. They showed me how to begin reading that Bible. They taught me, <coughs> excuse me, how to listen while I was reading it, how to prayerfully consider some of the things I was reading in the Bible. I remember the first time I actually set up a, a sort of a reading plan where I was actually going to engage the scriptures. And I said, 
I'm going to give myself a, a short time frame to read just the four, first four books, which are the four stories of Jesus, the four Gospels. And I said, I'm going to, um, in, in this short time frame a year, read those four books. Okay, and that was a, a big effort for me back then. And, and so I set out on that path and I, I began to read. And I don't even remember if I finished all four of them in a year. I know I finished all four of them. But it was a journey and I'm, as I'm reading, it became clearer and clearer to me that it was sort of alive, that, that as I sort of dug into this thing and, and, and thought about it, God was speaking. There was something stirring in me. And by the time I got to the end of Matthew, which is the first book, and I got to the point where Jesus was being persecuted and, and whipped and um, denied, and he was hung on a cross, that I remember how real it was in my soul. And I knew at that moment that God was telling me the Bible is not a book just full of stories. It's real. And I wept and I cried because Jesus dying for me was no longer a theory. It, I had experienced it. It was real. And so part of maybe how we engage this thing, maybe part of learning how to listen. Maybe some of us have gotten to that point where we believe, but we're not sure how you know, how really to listen. Part of it is really engaging the Bible and beginning to prayerfully read it and, 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 and contemplate it. There's other ways um, that God speaks to us. Many people hear in, in many different fashions, but part of John 10 that spoke to me was um, the fact that this, this man had now entered the sheepfold in, in other words, um, what I thought about was, you know, following Jesus is meant to be lived out in a flock, okay, in the middle of others. It's not something we, we go it alone at. It's, there's safety in the sheepfold with others. There is, uh, in the multitude of counsel, there is wisdom. And I remember when I first got here, Look, you know, I never would have been able to get the right version or begin to learn how to study my Bible or, or, or read it or get involved correctly if it hadn't been for others who kind of had gone that way before me. And they showed me, and I'd go to a small group, and they'd say, you know, turn, turn to, to John chapter 9 or 10, and they would show me where it was in the Bible because I didn't know. I didn't know how to get around. I needed other people to help me. But it wasn't just a small group. I threw myself into everything I could. I remember the euphoria of having my eyes opened, first seeing, oh, Lord, praise the Lord. Well, I was once blind, and now I see that I, I was said, I'm gonna, I want to learn about Jesus. And I threw myself into everything. I remember I did uh, the stage crew up here, moving stuff around in, in, for a week, and then I dropped the guitar. And then, <clears throat> then I did the lights, <laughs> and then I did parking, I made coffee, I got involved with whatever I could get involved with. If there was a worship service, I was there. If there was a communion, wh whatever, I was there. If there was 
a baptism, I was there. If, if there was a baby dedication and I was single and I knew nobody, I was there. It didn't matter. I mean, it, I couldn't get enough. But there was something about getting around other people who had gone this way, who knew the voice of the Lord. They had the frequency. They'd been this way before. They were in tune with the voice. And I got around them. And just serving with them, they showed me how to listen. The conversations that took place were life-giving. They begin to shift paradigms in my life that I, that, that I go, wow, I completely had this wrong my whole life. And, and now I'm beginning to see, you know, that seeing thing isn't just a one-time thing. A lot of times when we begin to hear, we begin to see better all the time. And it was because I got around others and really engaged things and really threw myself into stuff that happened. I remember... Uh, at that time, the classes were named different, thing, different things, but I got involved in every class. I think the first one was like 42 weeks, and you know, now it's three. But, so you have much less of a commitment. But, but I, I went all 42 weeks. I got like a book for being the only guy that made it every week. And um, I couldn't get enough. But I was, just, I was beginning to learn how to hear God and beginning to learn how to listen. There's, there's one other thing I thought about in this passage, and, and that's the fact that you know, it's possible to believe and hear and know God's voice and still lose our way. Sheep wander off all the time. Following Jesus, sometimes we'll take recalibrating our ear. And if you're in this thing long enough, if you follow Jesus long enough, there'll be times when his voice seems so distant and vague that you go, what happened? I, I, I have no idea what happened, Lord. I was hearing you so clearly. I was following. You went out, I went out. You went in, I went in. Wherever you went, I went. Now I don't even know where you are. Where's the sheepfold? I'm a little bit lost here. I've kind of wandered off track. Sometimes it's because we've refused to listen. So other times it's just because Jesus seems to have gotten a little bit ahead of us. Whatever it is, we're, the voice is so far away. We go, what? I can't figure it out. And I've been there. I remember there was this point in time after a few years when this euphoria of following Jesus back and forth, and I'm going to everything, was, began to fade a little. I had taken on more responsibilities. I had uh, what I felt like was this promotion in God, and I had, I had uh, oversight over some people, and I'm feeling like, okay, this is, I feel like you said you called me, uh, this is what I feel like I'm called to, God. I'm okay. I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. And then I failed miserably. And I, I had to let it go. And it was sort of this, it is what I felt God was telling me to do. And it collapsed. And it caused in me this, hearing problem because now I said well if I, I must have heard incorrectly either that or if I heard correctly I blew my chance I disqualified myself whatever happened I don't know but I'm going this is not I was hearing you I thought for sure this was it 
And no, it's not it. And now I had to wrestle with a distant voice. That, God, where are you? This is not, I was sure I was on the path. I thought I was following you correctly. And later on, it turns out I was. This was part of the growing process of, of learning how to hear him and learning how uh, I learned a lot from my mistakes. I'll tell you, you, you learn more from falling than you do from just staying standing all the time. And, and so this was just part of the growing process, but I didn't know it then, and God's voice was so far away, and I'm going, how am I ever going to hear the Lord again? It's, it's not the same. I had to go back to the drawing board. I had to re-engage God again. I had to recalibrate my ears. I had to tune back into the frequency that I had lost. I went back in. I threw myself in the Word. I threw myself into studying my Bible. I got back involved with more groups. I, I started uh, praying and, and seeking. Ask and you shall receive. Seek. Knock. The door will be open. I started really going after it. Now, maybe some of us are there. Maybe we're in that dry place where we go, where is the voice of the Lord? I used to hear it correctly. I used to hear it like it was a shout. And now I can't even make out the vague whisper. What happened in there? How do I go back? How do I refine the fold? How do I get back behind the shepherd? Get in line. What do we do? Maybe it's just re-engaging some of the habits that we've let slip. For some of us, it might be time to go back to really pursuing a, a disciplined life of following him. Are we reading our Bible? Are we praying? Am I involved with other people? Can other people speak into my life? Do I have the humility to say, I could be wrong in this. I might have been messed up. Let some other person speak words of life into me instead of trying to do it my own way. I mean, I talked about the, the, the value of others and the, the safety, the multitude of counsel. I cannot express enough how important that is. I had a conversation with somebody just a couple of weeks ago, and they had made a decision with, they didn't get counsel from anybody. They just made a decision and at the time, it didn't seem like, well, it didn't really matter that much one way or the other. But what happened was, in the process of making this decision to sort of uh, buy a house and move and whatever, they didn't get back into a flock. And they had no protection. They had nobody to help them up when they fell. The Bible says, woe be unto the person who falls and there's no one there to pick them up. And, of course, tragedy hit their life. There was a trauma that really shook things up, but nobody was there to help him. And I had this conversation with him. It's been a few years ago now, but he said, it's been such a, the three years. I wept with him. It was so sad because they had been in pain for three years and nobody knew it because they weren't part. They didn't stay in a flock. They didn't stay connected. And so maybe it's maybe we need to reconnect. Maybe we've got this thing down enough that we can do it on, sort of on our own. But we're not really engaged in the body life of the sheep. 
I don't know. It's going to be different for, for all of us. As I said, some of us, Jesus is just passing by. He's still distant. And we need him to come closer and maybe, maybe touch us for the first time. Just say, Lord, touch, touch my eyes. Let the scales fall away. I want to see. Because I'm, I'm sensing something. I know you're close. But I need, I need the next revelation. I need the next step. I need, to, I need to see you. I need to see you. What is a revelation except God revealing himself? And so I, I need God you re, to reveal yourself in a new way because I don't even understand you. Maybe some of us, he's touched our lives, but we haven't really taken that final step of, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe. I'm going to follow. And I'm going to make a determination now to engage this thing. And it's not just going to be on the periphery. It's going to be part of my active life. I'm going to go buy a Bible. And I'm not going to get the Latin Vulgate. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get something I can read. Or maybe we need to get into a class. I don't know. I don't, we're all in different places. For those of us who have been doing this a while, maybe we just need to hear that voice afresh for the first time. Lord, come near. Reveal yourself to us. Lord, shout if you have to, but I want to hear your voice again. I need a new revelation. I need you to reveal yourself. The next step along the journey, God, a new vision for a new year, a new word. Speak into my life, God. Move me to the next place. I don't want to stay where I'm at. I don't want to stay where I'm at because things are dying here. I need to go. I, I want the life, and I want the life more abundant, Lord. Let me hear you, and let me follow you. And so speak, Lord. Give me a revelation. All right. We have a, a closing song called um, Revelation. And um, it's going to really kind of push into this, especially if we've been, if we're, one of those people who have on this, been on this journey for a while and we've sort of gotten off track. We've wandered down the wrong road. And it talks about, God, get me back in the right place. Help me to really do this thing right. I want to love you. I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. I want to follow you. Help me to do that. And so we have the song in a minute. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to have our time of giving. So Lord... I thank you, Lord, that you do choose to reveal yourself to us. For if it were up to our limited understanding to try to figure you out, we'd never get there. But you love us. You pass by. You come touch us. You give us sight. You draw near and you still speak to us today. And you call us by our name. And you protect us. You are the good shepherd. So, Lord, I pray that you would reveal things about yourself to us. Wherever we are along the journey, we want the next step. We want the next step. We want to be able to listen well, calibrate our ear to hear you. Even if it's for the first time or we've heard you a million times, calibrate our ear so we are in touch with the frequency of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.